Hello's everyone. I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we're live on a Labor Day. Okay, the day you're supposed to take off because you don't have to work, but Karen wanted to do a show. <laughs> I asked now, I asked. You I know you asked no. and you wanted to do a show. That's fine. I know what you want. Um, the official weapon of the show is... The taser. No, it's not. No. Shit. It's the folding chair. <laughs> the folding chair. <clears throat> and the unofficial sport. Bullet ball. A bullet ball extreme. Well, since we're doing the show... Um, that you know we might i just figured we could talk kind of randomly for a little bit Yay! um well the first thing i wanted to say is just show no stuff live show is coming up september the 9th 3 p.m downtown charlotte tickets are available blumenthal it, the link is in the show notes blumenthal performing arts you can also go on google and just put the black guy who tips live and it's one of the first up. links um virtual tickets are available as are in-person tickets. Virtual tickets, though, you can't buy them the day of. So get your coins together or make your choice now. But right. if you, there won't be like a last-minute virtual right. ticket. So Friday, the, that's it? The other thing, the in-person tickets uh, have come in. People have been emailing me the tickets for the people who just wanted to buy tickets to support, but they can't make it. Mm -hmm. I've already given away a couple. Wow. Um, which always happens every year, yes. you know. I, it's something that I'm always like, ah, oh, man, should we even do that this year? And then, mm -hmm. you know, lo and behold, every year at least a few people go, I would like a ticket, and you know, I think that's really dope because that's fans who are not able to be here in person, but want to, but support. they just want to support, but also they're helping a fan out that isn't. You know that is here, but just might not got the, the might not got the five. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just ain't got the five, right? And so uh, I remember we, you know, we had people come from like out of town and stuff. It was it was a cool it's it's a cool thing, and I'm thank you to our fans that enable us to do that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, if you're gonna be there in person, there's a beer garden and there's a bunch Ooh. of fun activities going on. If you want to get there, we don't go on till three, but if you want to get, get there, there earlier, early. it's a comedy like week and a festival mm -hmm. that's happening all throughout Charlotte. So just letting you know about that. Um, I'm trying to think, was there anything else? I think that's it for that kind of stuff. Um, Justin is gonna be there. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, we got a photographer. Yeah, so it's gonna be a fun time. Um, and the other thing I was thinking about, and this, you know, we're going to have just jail Cavan on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was listening to his podcast, rain on your parade. It's new, uh, rebranding the righteous prick. And it's fun. And it's, it's a YouTube, everything. I will, we'll question, talk to him about the process and, and everything that came up to make that work. But I think one of his first episodes in, or if not the first episode of Rain on Your Parade, he's talking about SAG after and, mm -hmm. and the writer strike. And, you know, I listened to it. I thought it was pretty, I mean, it's obviously very funny. Him and the, the guest, it makes it funnier. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when he has a company, you can't just be like, I'm going to shoot myself, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to quit comedy tonight, you know. <laughs> nope. <'cause> so, <laughs> so you're bouncing off of somebody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I listened to it and there were like some arguments and stuff I understand because I'm, you know, I'm in the writers 
Gil, but I'm not like a sycophant. Like I, I, you know, I understand that there's gonna be people that don't like uh, writers. There's gonna be people that, whatever, you know. There's a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. but then this keeps coming up. Is there's this like idea that the writers are doing well, right? Right. And that it's a, it's a dream job that pays dream Dude, job money. Mon- Constant comparisons to like athletes, where the minimum right. pay of an athlete might be hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars they're comparing that to people that are getting like minimum jobs of like 40,000 60,000 right it's um I'm gonna go into detail because it 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 made me um think about it you know yeah and uh as you pull uh I guess you got to pull it up as you pull that up I was kind of listening into the background and it's wild how people want to compare apples to oranges like they want to compare what they do and also what i realized people kill me with the quote-unquote real job what makes a job real what defines a job uh well it's funny because on the one side when we talk about real jobs and the decency of work and all that stuff if you say these jobs that are just labor jobs that are physical manual labor jobs people there's a group of people in this country that say those people don't deserve to get paid because anyone can flip a burger you know something like that something to that effect of like yes yeah, skilled labor but what's the skill you know it's not that much skill and i know democrat you know democrat liberal people want them to get paid at least 15 dollars an hour which you know the more you talk about it the less you know the, the more you're like even that wouldn't work blah 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 but we never say when mcdonald's puts out something that says hey this job shouldn't be your only job when uh when um um republicans say that we think they're heartless we think they're cruel we think that's bullshit you know that uh, that 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 we we know that the whole decency of work thing is 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 a is a is a cockamamie lie because mm-hmm. y'all just y'all just want to keep people down bad and you say it's these other things right you know when you don't want to see the black people that make a lot of money for the world uh, for sports billions of dollars when they say we would like to get paid what do we say you're playing a game it's not real da 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 you know and then we do this to everybody in America mm-hmm. nurses uh right. like every everyone who's not making above the line of poverty in their job or people that are barely making it or people that have professions that we used to call middle class in this country right when whenever people start noticing that hey the greedy people at the top are keep are making the most money keeping the most money and then i'm sliding down the scale of what i can afford and what life used to mean for me right we we deride them like they're the bad people in this it's like because my man's beating me your man should beat you you know what i mean type type of shit right and it, it is very frustrating it's very irritating to hear the arguments because what I've realized listening to people, everybody's pro-labor, but they only pro-labor for they shit. Fuck everybody else shit. Nobody else shits matters. Nobody else shits counts. Nobody else's. But but you fuck with my dollar bill, oh, I'm going to have something to say. You arguing about your dollar bill, something I don't know nothing about, well, then, oh, I'm not in that industry. All of a sudden, I got opinions. I got say-sos. And, you know, for, for, for me, it's... Uh, I'm always pro labor because actually just across the board, everybody's making less than they did before everybody. 
And nobody wants to admit that. Like, like our parents and our great grandparents, the money that we're making now would be considered quote unquote middle class. Middle class is almost close to disappearing. And when you talk about the wages and shit, most of the quote unquote writing jobs and all that shit, guess where they are? In the most expensive ass places in this goddamn I'm gonna country. Get, I'm gonna get to that stuff too. Um but yeah, people are dealing with higher debt than ever. Right. You know, going to college doesn't really mean as much as it used as it meant for even our generation. And we I don't know, it's like we are so indoctrinated into America and turning everything into like a, well, you just didn't work hard enough. You just don't want it bad enough. You just don't want to, you, you're not suffering hard, harshly enough to, to do what you want to do. And it's never aimed at the, at the billionaires. It's never aimed mm-hmm. at that 1%. It's never aimed at the people that own it all. Right. It's like, never well. aimed at the companies that continue to report record fucking profits. As, as and the, it's not aimed at the streaming channels that are raising their prices right the fuck now and you're paying it and you love the content on the streaming platforms because you watch it all fucking day it's never aimed at that place uh and going well wait why are, why are you charging me twice as much as you were last year but then telling me you can't pay the people who make the content that I claim to love. Right. The thing that I make content from watching. You like that like the thing that tells me, you know, the, the thing like severance that explains the monotony uh, and the and the, and the greed of corporate institutions that you love is the corporate institution that makes that is going that that put that produces that is going we should get all the money and the people that work it should get none the irony of that you know right of, of we we will and the only way the only way and the only time that you can have a better deal in this situation is right the fuck now right it's been a, over a hundred days you the person consuming the content you're not having a harder time than the people that fucking are getting zero dollars from it in the first fucking place after they like you get paid one time and then they decide you don't get anything else they don't report their fucking numbers Mm-mm. to tell you like hey this thing you made and the reason they want to do it is because they want to claim the success netflix will put out a thing uh most watched show ever this show blank the, this new show oh it's the number one show on the streaming thing no one can verify it. Mm-mm. Then they won't tell you those numbers. And guess how a lot of times people get paid in this industry? By going, my work produced these numbers for you. Right. I should be paid commensurate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that people think there's a two sides of this shit is, I don't even know where it's coming from, but here's it's- a... Oh. I'm about to say it's ridiculous, you know, because it's the, one of the things where people talk about residuals and all those types of things. You at your job is very different than 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 most writers and people on that side, because the thing is, when people do reruns and all that stuff, they're seeing these people's faces, they're seeing that the words they wrote, and guess what? The companies get paid every single time this shit gets aired. I did the work. I should continue. If you're going to continue to get paid off of this, I should continue to get paid it's, off of this. If you don't believe in residuals for writers, why do you believe in residuals for the company that made it? Right. It's that kind of incongruency when it comes to logic and morality over these things that I like. I've been, we've been doing this podcast, and I've done my best to not be whiny writer person or preaching to the choir person. And I think maybe I've done a disservice because I haven't talked about the writer strike mm-hmm. uh, pretty much at all. Like, right. just I, 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 there, 
because I've mostly thought it's such a simple issue. Right. What kind of person can't understand what's happening here? The studio like interviews and stuff have been so tone deaf and just pointlessly mean. Yes. I don't even like they sound like a villain in a thing that someone would write. So hateful. You know, when where you're talking about the AI thing, which I've gone into detail about why I don't think that it's the threat people think it is, but I still understand. Mm-hmm. Um but why, you know, I've gone into detail over some of this stuff, but you know, just hearing some of the sentiment that's out there it's like oh maybe people are either that fucking stupid or that jealous or that mm-hmm. whatever it is right. like they don't see the bigger picture you know trying to make this into some type of fight between writers and amazon no it's a fight between writers and the greedy ass people that have been reaping the benefits where ceos make 20 times what they made you know over the last like however many years but, but no but take less but but the people that make it don't like that that that's a pretty easy that like this is not a complicated thing so i haven't felt the need to explain it but fuck maybe i do right and and also the thing that's very irritating is that most of the ceo cfos most of the people that make these billions of dollars all jokes aside uh, some of most of them you don't know their fucking names you wouldn't know what they look like but you know who you do know these actors and writers and producers and things like that because a lot of them make names by doing these big works and their name is on the front. You know those people. And so the thing is, the only reason why most people care is because they go, I recognize that face. I know who that is. Well, some of these people have been marching in these lines and they've been interviewing some of them. And some of them are like, look, I've been in here since 1988. For, you know, been loving been in there, been, been doing this for a long time. And they'd be like, I get residuals of a penny. They was like, it's not worth the fucking paper that you print this on. Yeah, I think it's also when it comes to, to that, that's one of the reasons there's a disconnect is because people have jealousy and envy of the famous people. So when you even hear this discussion, they bring up the most prominent famous names, right? And it's, you know, Fran Dresser, it's uh, Shonda Rhimes, it's, you know, big name showrunners and that have become producers and other things um, that used to be writers. But here's the thing that they skip over. Those people do not represent even close to a, not even a, like you're talking about a 1% of our union. Right. And you're trying to turn, and it's just like saying, well, NBA players shouldn't make more money, no matter how much more money the CEOs make, because LeBron gets paid blank. And you're like, that's LeBron, motherfucker. Of course, you don't, you, you're not going to be able to come up with a needs based argument for LeBron, even if mostly out of jealousy and envy. I think you can come up with one. Me too. But, but my point being, you pick LeBron so you can just go look at how much he makes. Well, when there's most of the people in the fucking union don't work enough to even qualify for health insurance. Right. You know, when when you don't even get that much work, that's what unions are actually supposed to do. Protect the bottom. It's not about how much the top person can make. That's not a bad sign at all that the top person can make money. But that's not what a union's job is. Mm -mm. The union's job is to help people get health care, to help people take care of their families, help people make a living wage. So here's Bill Maher, who has a room full of writers who work on his show. Bill Maher is... however you feel about Bill Maher, Bill Maher is not going up there and freestyling for an hour. These people write the shit that he says and they they take the shit that he writes and they make it better so he doesn't sound as stupid, hopefully, as he would on his own. It's the reason we read that Twitter post about Barbie, all of us who saw that, 
and and it was his him being upset and the writing long form and we went not only is this stupid it's bad Mm-hmm. Like, like it's like it, it, like writers help people be better. Nobody goes up there on their own. Now, you might work in the industry so long, you start to think that's how you did it. You might get so rich, you start relating to people. But here's Bill Maher talking to Jim Gaffigan. The strike is a perfect example. Th- those guys would never go back. This strike could go on till uh, the, the 24th century, they would stay out. Um, there is, I feel for my writers, I love my writers, I'm one of my writers, yeah. uh, but there's a big other side to it, and a lot of people are being hurt besides them. A lot of people who don't make as much money as them in this um, bipartisan world we have where you're just in one. Now, this, there's something that I think is interesting about that because that was one of the things JL brought up is this like, well, there's other people who don't make that kind of money, you know, you're. Uh, whether it be like your stagehand people or, or, or food, some of the people that aren't going to be unionized, you know, um, who work on a set. Why are you looking at the writers like the writers made those people stop working? Right. Like it always comes down to that. It's always like, no, it can't. Default is it can't be a corporation's fault. It can't be a CEO's fault. It can't be a billionaire's fault. Somehow it's when the working people. It's like if it's like if you said. Yeah, you know what? Those Amazon workers are striking, but what about people that's not getting their packages? I mean, why would they do that to those people? <laughs> like, that's what you're saying. And, and people make that argument all of the time. Not trying to find it is yeah. the same thing as in local cities where bus drivers strike or teachers strike or or, or, or airplane pilots strike or, or, or and shit like that. People go, well, what about me? People, go, Well, guess what? Somebody, if I'm doing this, I want to get paid my, my worth. And, and this stoppage brings a shit to your attention and it's not just what about me right it's what a they pull out the what about this other person in this case what about the person that is the office runner who goes and gets stuff in the writer's office he's they're not a writer they're not writing anything but they may have to run out and get some office supplies wow you really don't want that person to work that's what they're saying correct toward that's the intimation is like those are the people with real problems you should shut the fuck up mm-hmm. um so that's part one of this thing that I, I immediately noticed one camp or the other there's no in between you're either for the strike like it like they're fucking che guevara out there you know like this is caesar chavez lettuce picking strike or you're with trump you know, like there's no different. There's there's only two camps, and it's much more complicated than that. Once again, um, once again, it's the what about these other? What about these poor? These are real problems. People, the lettuce pickers. That was it. The power dynamics are the power dynamics. The mm-hmm. union has a job to do. Right. People are coming together, democratized, and saying we don't want to deal with these conditions anymore. You know, when they put it to a vote, there's a reason 90-something percent of people voted this way, you know. Um, and as far as it being like you're either this or Trump, I think it just, one, depends on what how, what you say about it. But in general, it's a, it's pretty black and white this time. Right. It, it, I could see if we were talking about some scenario where it's very gray and it's like, oh, man, you know, right, writers just got a pay increase and now they're asking for another pay increase. And, you know, I, I, they just they said they they want 100 percent of the streaming royalties or something. And then you go, well, yeah, that's so ridiculous that kind of is hard to make that argument. Did, 
especially because of who the the companies are and the statements they put out they've made it very black and white yes they did they basically came out and all of them showed their ass stuck their middle fingers up ceos out here making all types of reckless ass statements and nobody is be like the fuck dog like if you at your job your ceo came out and said some bullshit like that you would feel a certain way as an employee right so back to this it is but i i do feel like there is uh a lot of the points, a lot of the grievances, I I kind of agree with. I do understand that they're getting str- uh, screwed a bit by the streamers. Yeah. Screwed a bit is a funny way to put that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> basically, if they put something on streaming, and keep in mind, the streamers means, he says the streamers like those are separate. Like, HBO Max got streaming, all all the big studios have streaming now mm-hmm. except for i think maybe sony and essentially if you make something for streaming they don't even have to pay you the minimum so the union minimums that have been negotiated they basically go fuck that shit we and you get zero residuals right um and then there's a bunch of other shit that's in there that people just don't know about in the industry mm-hmm. and maybe or maybe if you're not in the industry uh i mean you don't know about if you're not in the industry but there's a bunch of provisions for work that's been happening that companies have been taking advantage of people. You know, there's ways they can get you to basically write an entire season of a TV show, but never put you in a writer's room. Right. There's ways to um, do shit like um, make you pitch ideas that you have to completely write, you know, tell, tell you, oh, we need a pilot like blank. They can cut you out of the process to where they get your idea your writing everything and go we're not going to actually pay you to be in your own writer's room even though you did the work yeah and this information I, the reason i felt pressed to talk about it is because you could listen to like the new york times and the daily and i'm sure they had an episode about this. they did many many outlets that co- covered this have explained that it's not just yes. writers being greedy and wanting you know every show should have 22 episodes that's not true right you know stuff like being on set is a thing that used to just be almost mandated it was expected if we film something and you wrote it we might need you there when we film it and if you can be there the better better for us and it's good for you you can learn things that you wouldn't be able to learn when in a remote room or if they took you or they just like never put you on set and stuff so there's these things that if you don't understand and you're on the outside looking in you may think it's some little thing but it's yeah. the it's the why you have a Shonda Rhimes. Right. And also the, the <laughs> thing is for a lot of this stuff, being on set matters because you're there for rewrites. You actually make sh- stuff better. You can actually do a lot of things. And the thing is people that write when they're on set, they see other things. They see how people do the production. They see, you know, all these other things. And a lot of times writers end up being promoted and going up. But if you block them completely out and say, you write and you don't do nothing else, you're actually putting the writers at a disadvantage. And a lot of times the work is not as good as it could be if these people were on the set. And you can't divide and conquer because the other tactic, rhetorical tactic people do is like, well, I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about Shonda Rhimes. You know, if this is just your first job or your only job or you write for one show, that's the vast majority. Right. 
We're, there's no way. That's what a union means. You can't separate us. If anything, those motherfuckers have every argument to say, I don't want to do this. Like a Shonda Rhimes has way more arguments to be on the side of management and corporate than to be on the side of the fucking other writers. She should right. just, you know, she should just be like, man, fuck that. I know I got a steady job and a check coming in even yeah. before this fucking deal. Right. And that and people fail to understand. That's why it was a big thing for Viola Davis when she was like, I'm not doing that. She, right. You know, because she had provisions that would have allowed her to continue to do certain things. And she was like, I'm not doing that. Viola Davis, um basically walked off the set of a movie that had getting a, gotten a green light and they had agreed to the um, terms and conditions of the new SAG after a um, deal, mm -hmm. which some companies are able to film, you know, certain productions, one-offs essentially, as long as they agree to those terms, they can work provisionally. Right. And uh, Viola Davis basically said, I'm going to leave. So you can't film it without me. I'm the star. Because if we allow these companies to continue to do one here and one there, they'll make enough of a profit, possibly, to extend the strike. And so mm -hmm. she she stopped so they wouldn't. And that's solidarity. And she didn't have to do that. She could No one was looking for her to do that. No one's even been mad at those people for doing that. Those are agreed upon rules in the union. But she felt a solidarity with other folks that at least in that moment that was like, yeah, it's okay if it hurts my pockets. And that's kind of the point of the union in the first place. Maybe it's hokey or whatever, but these are the ideals that we cl uh, claim to want to see in, in, in our fellow, you know, workers and shit. But then as soon as it happens, here come every fucking excuse in the book. Right. And also over the years, uh, most people, uh, underneath the sound of my voice, maybe with exception of a few, have had somebody that they know that has been in a union. Uncle, grandma, grandpa, like somebody has been in some form of a union. Over the years, unions are not as big as they used to be. You know, government attacked them uh, to break them up and shit like that. Because the thing is, individually, you have no power. And the reason why you have unions is because shit is so fucked up. Did everybody looking like they fucking you over? Yeah, they fucking no me over No one's too. ever started a union out of, like, people aren't starting unions out of greed. It becomes nope. spun that way in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, once once corporate entities have their say and shit, then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the union was always a dirty, corrupt thing. But it's like, no, the start of every union is people getting uh, fucking used, people getting exploited, and then being like, fuck, we got to come together to stop the exploiting mm -hmm. um and that's how that's how shit happens and keep in mind once you get the job it's still it can be a very difficult demanding job it's still partially because it's a non-traditional job right i'm not saying every set is that way but there's a lot of power and work exploitation going on in um hollywood uh because uh which which is why you have the unions the unions aren't just a greed thing People were going, listen, I know this is non-traditional work. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you over. What are you gonna do about it? Um back to the right. oh I'm sorry. Right, because they can and also the thing that kills me and I've realized this, whenever it comes to jobs that are creative, everybody lose their fucking mind and no because you can't put a quote unquote dollar sign on creativity. You can't say uh, I, I, I do this and do this. This is how much it's worth. This is the time. When it comes to things that are creative, people get stupid and they act like creative labor isn't labor. Bitch, that's still labor. 
Yeah, and it's and and the thing is, like, it's not easy because people, especially with there being so much shit now, people want everything to be this upper echelon of fucking quality. All the it's got to be ten out of ten, or it just don't even count as an right. attempt at this point. And to find that ten out of ten is a lot of work, you know, and not just work finding talent, but work honing the talent. You know, the amount of stuff that I wrote that just had to pass through a lot of hands things that I thought was brilliant and people pulled something better out of me. All that process is labor, you know? But back to the clip real quick. He's almost done. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but it's a change and you either, you know, it's like anything that is, you know, I believe in free market, but I also believe in trust and then verify, right? What does that mean? Meaning, you you know, you don't trust. Now, I picked the meaning to be, and Jim Gaffigan is having this conversation, and it seems like, one, he's not necessarily an expert on it, and two, I don't think he wants to be, con- con- uh, I don't think he wants to be com- combative over it. I don't think right. he wants to have a conflict over it. Um, so instead, he's kind of talking vague here, but when he says trust but verify, and he'll try to explain later, but it's essentially streaming companies do not have to report <clears throat> their numbers. And so in addition to not wanting to pay people residuals for for no matter how popular or unpopular the show is, right. you know, which is, seems a pretty fair way to me, you pay people get paid more for things that people like more mm-hmm. and watch more. Well, in this case, um, these companies, A, don't pay people those residuals. Two, don't have to report those numbers. There's no verification of those numbers. Right. So this idea of we can't afford to pay you or we won't pay you or we'll tell you how much you should get paid and you just won't ever know if we're telling the truth or not. That's what he's saying. Trust but verify. You can't trust those numbers because I like I want to trust the studios, but I need to verify. Correct. Y'all could be pulling numbers at y'all ass. And of course, these two men, another perspective to add, these two men have probably had dealings almost directly with studios. Mm-hmm. Jim Gaffigan has, has made it to that level where he can produce projects, being project star projects. Bill Maher definitely has had. So, like, it's a little bit of in their best interest not to shit too hard on the studios in the first place. Not saying Jim Gaffigan is, like, I think he's a nice dude that wouldn't be talking crazy about the studios mm-hmm. even no matter what. Right. But clearly there's there's a part of the, the point being there's a part of the conversation here that seems to be in the interest of at least in tone being fair to the studios so to say trust but verify is like a kind of a hey i want to trust you you know point of view Mm -hmm. you know like the reason i mean zaslov made 400 million dollars uh and i think the they're they're looking for 80 million for you know it's like it's like they're gonna gr- you know you leave a kid in front of a bowl of marshmallows they're gonna eat the marshmallows <laughs> it's not like some grand thing it's well i don't know what you're saying they're only asking for 80 million dollars well i'm saying they're asking that, for a lot of things they're asking are, for a lot of things like kooky so the 80 million dollars thing is a number that i saw on from a writer who was doing this claiming to do this math on twitter and saying this is how much the benefits uh, that the writers are asking for will come to, like, or this is the percentage of profit share that we're talking about according to the numbers that we know from these streamers and and, and these uh, studios. 
I don't know the accuracy of that number. I just know that's the one that's been. Okay. I think that's what Jim Gaffin was trying to refer to. No problem. Like, what what I find objectionable uh, about the philosophy of the strike, it seems to be they have really morphed a long way from 2007 strike, where they kind of believe that you're owed a, a, a living as a writer, and you're not. This this is show business. This is a make or miss league, and not everybody. You don't ma- think that like they should that streamers should reveal numbers so that they can. Oh, maybe things? sure. All right, so that's the end of the excerpt that was on Twitter. I haven't heard the whole right, show. And not trying to be funny. I, I don't not, but if I wrote for his show, I would be looking like, so you trying to say I should make a living? I should. I you basically. This is what I tweeted when like, I saw the clip. Like, I was the like, fuck is this? I said. Imagine being a writer in his room when the strike ends. Right. You know, I like and 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 I, the thing is, I feel like it was purposely not detailed because Bill likes to be a contrarian without giving you many details. But when he said "kooky," I want to know what the kooky things are, Bill. Right. What are these demands that you think this so? What's kooky about them? You know, because right. as a person that has benefited from the work of these writers mm-hmm. and also benefits from the old grandfathered in old days of what you do, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to say now, like, well, why, why the fuck do y'all want to make a living doing this? Uh, y'all should have to have two, three jobs. Y'all, you know. Mm-hmm. So what's funny is when you say it's a make or miss league, that's what a lot of the writers are saying. What? Why? How? Why when I make? Does it count as a miss now? Things that count as a make now are misses. Right. Things like having a hit streaming uh, show is that you having a hit TV show used to meant you were gonna basically be writing your future, writing mm-hmm. like like you were gonna have stable income for a while. Yes. Now with especially in the advent of streaming, it means you get paid one time. It means it doesn't matter how popular or unpopular it is. It means that you're you're completely in the hands of what numbers they tell you, because mm-hmm. they don't have to tell you shit. Nope. Um, and then, like I said, they never have to pay you on the on the back end of that in any way. You because there's no way to truly uh, you can't attribute a percentage of someone's subscription to a TV show a hundred percent. Like I think you could find ways to kind of acclimate it, mm-hmm. but right now we can't say like. Okay, this person got Netflix for Stranger Things, but we can't say they didn't. Right? <laughs> you know, we can't. We can say how much someone watched it, but then we don't want to tell you that. We right. the only ones that know. Correct. You know, because so then you could actually break down the numbers. You go, okay, you have out of all these subscribers, this is how much time. And at they every financial call, they have they big up themselves. Right. So, which is how we know because they're beholden to their shareholders. So all of a sudden. When it comes to those meetings, they're like, we had this many subscribers. We had this many viewers. We had this many this. We had this many new things. And we, we raised the price by this much. And then the second that writers go, okay, so you had a good year. Where, why can't we have a good year? Our year going to be the same no matter what? That doesn't really make sense. Right. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, and I think another issue in there most people don't understand how the money works. So, and the, and this is almost like sports contracts does it do this as well because, you know, it's good for the agents that it's reported this way. Mm-hmm. But you'll see something that says, like, uh, this writer uh, got X deal and that's Shonda Rhimes and it's $200 million. You go, oh, writers are doing great, you know. Um, 
but let's talk about uh, we can talk my numbers I, honestly I don't mind um, first season with Game Theory uh six episodes this used to be uh not really done it used to be that um you got a minimum like a a, a first season of a show like that you like eight to ten episodes right but they switched it to, to six so they so they can pay the exact minimum contract of everything mm-hmm. so as a minimum to 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 contract or whatever um, you also get the minimum amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure there's people that got paid more than me, obviously, but just in general, the idea was we're paying everyone as little as we can. Maybe there were some people that were, you know, talent, the the mm-hmm. producer, the Experience, somebody may have yeah. been able to, to you know, do it differently or whatever. But you know, essentially, the minimum money that you get is all they're going to pay you Mm -hmm. um and they tend to be that way at all every level um and there used to be a time when a tv show got approved for 20 like somewhere between like 18 to 22 episodes minimum Mm -hmm. if it was like a a, a sitcom if it was like regular regular tv right right cable's different all the stuff varies um and so one of the things that people are decrying is like yo we used to have bigger minimum rooms uh, bigger minimum episodes and bigger minimum rooms. Minimum room is how many people write something. Right. Now, this is another way that you actually end up exploiting people. Because what? let's say you used to have eight writers to write a TV show, right? Now it's four. And, there's, and they don't, like, they don't tell, they don't say, like, hey, we're only doing four people, right? They just, companies start cutting down, cutting down, cutting down, cutting down. Next time you look around, you're like, the new standard is four? Well, in 2007, that wasn't even an issue. Mm-mm. So to go, well, they didn't want this in 2007. Yeah, because in 2007, they weren't making four-person writer rooms for every fucking show. Right. They knew that it took more than that. So right. they weren't going to. They, they knew that it took more than that. And it's a reason why. Because when you think about it, the thing is, the thing that kills me is this. The general public. You want good TV. You want good shit to look at. You want you want shit that you can remember. You want your game of thought. You want all this shit, right? You want it. You don't want no half shit. You don't want no eye shit. Everything got to be A plus regardless. Well, then they're doing things to make the quality less good of a quality because if you go from eight to four, that means you're putting more stress on these four people to produce something and be as creative well, as, it, as it would have been with eight. It leads to exploitation because it's always still eight people's worth of work. Right. So now you, you, you know, you're telling people to come in different times. You're making people submit writing before the fucking season even starts when they're not getting paid for it. You're asking people to do work at times when they are told that you don't, you shouldn't have to work. Correct. Um, you know, you make that value less and, you know, so let's in my, in this minimum room with what I was getting paid, essentially I got $60,000 in those 13 weeks, right? Which sound, listen, sounds fucking lovely to me, you know? Um, used to make uh, less than that working a whole year at, at a company, right? Here's the thing, though. 
Number one, you're probably going to have to work, get paid out of L.A. or New York. Right. That's all the money you get for the year, right? This is not a uh, you can keep working thing. It's all the money you get out the out the for the year, but in 13 weeks, then you get hit with L.A. New York entertainment taxes. Yes, sir. Because you're an entertainer, mm-hmm. which is a higher bracket than your average person in the first place, yes. right? Um, in addition to that, because of the way the industry and is, is is standardized, you gotta fucking pay your lawyer your manager, mm-hmm. your accountant, or whatever the fuck. You have to your pay agent. that too, your agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, law it's lawyer management agent normally. You gotta pay all three of these motherfuckers. They get your money before taxes. You still have to pay taxes on what you paid them now. Mm-hmm. Um and, and we just happen to have an LLC, but when you don't and you Yeah, d- go f- ahead. Forget even that. Like okay. Cause, cause you still gotta pay all your taxes out of that. Mm-hmm. You gotta pay your insurance out of that. Mm-hmm. You, if it's on on location, you have to pay L.A. and New York rent out of that. Yes, you do. Um, so my point isn't to be woe is me. These people are so poor, so broke. No, my point is to be they're not rich. They're not middle class. The idea and the sleight of hand is Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy. But the truth is, these motherfuckers got roommates. These motherfuckers—they're right. not making the money, the Hollywood money you you're associated with Hollywood. They work in this would be jobs. like if the this would be like if instead of the vet minimum of like say five million dollars in the NBA, if the vet minimum was like seventy thousand dollars, and then you were going fucking lebron james man these nba players get paid way too much for this bullshit they out they trying to have a work stoppage but i look on tv and i see blank right because you you're trying to make everyone go yeah that's the point um so that's a part of it too um then if you get paid to write something for a streamer you don't even get this because like at least with this contract that i got you know, you play it on TNT or whatever, or this, you know, whatever. And they don't always get the royalty checks out on time. That's fine. But, you you know, if enough people are watching your reruns, you get some more money eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad money. If you have a hit TV show, it's, it can be really good money. Right. But the streamers are trying, and the, and the studios are saying, nah, we don't want to even do residuals on that streaming stuff. Right. Um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Because... The people that are watching and watching on the same TVs. Yes, they are. Sometimes the, the fucking streamers now are starting to put commercials back. Yes. So they can make like Netflix with commercials so they can get advertising money to still not give to the people that wrote it. It's like that doesn't right. seem weird. That don't seem fucked up and exploitative. Right. Because all jokes aside, the thing about when Netflix first started, the, I don't, for those of you that were around when Netflix first started, particularly streaming, the, the thing is I pay my money and bitch, I don't get no commercials. That was the whole purpose and the whole point was to eliminate commercials. And right. now after all these years, you bringing them bitches back. Yeah. People are saying they're cutting the cord and, and they're, paying for nine streaming channels and they always bitching about it right but they but they never say to themselves like wait i'm paying more money for stuff shouldn't that mean that the people that create the stuff are making more money too 
Why aren't they making more than ever? If Netflix Correct. didn't really have the foothold that it had in 2007 that it has now, why doesn't that reflect it in the people that work there other than the CEO? Because we didn't say this about the CEO. No one ever stops and goes, whoa, 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 fuck that. The CEOs, CEOs don't boycott because they get paid every time. It's because they know it's stupid money that they're not worth. So they're they, you never heard of a CEO holdout, <laughs> you know. But somehow we turn this thing into, you know, the the enemy is the the fucking working people in this situation, and uh, it's you know it's, it's really frustrating to hear that shit. Um, and you know, Bill Maher is a dick. I've we've known that for a while. Um, and I think you know the his his lack of knowledge on things is reflect is like always reflected in how smug he tries to be about it. Mm-hmm. Like the wronger he is, the more, the more wrong he is, the more smug he gets Right to where it's like, but if I say it like that, then it makes me right. <laughs> it's like, not really. Right. Um, you just sound smuggier. That's all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, you know, that's a big part of it too. Um, is I know he's not, a hundred percent on the up and up in the first place he either doesn't know or doesn't care to know and probably doesn't know and doesn't care uh with with the plight of his own writers and shit you know the people that don't aren't getting checks right now um meanwhile other late night hosts are starting shows in other formats to try to help raise money for their writers to get money throughout the pandemic right uh i mean pandemic throughout the fucking uh strike yes um so yeah i just find it kind of uh i don't think it's and it's not that you can't have criticisms i mean we're all human i have there's things about the strike that i think you know i question like why people do certain things you know like there's things where like we are trying to make it cute you know to that we're striking when most people are like look man i'm mad i'm fucking i don't have that much money and i'm this is serious but you know as a lot of writers especially comedy writers like it's time to write some jokes and put them on signs and wear costumes and all this type of stuff and i guess you know on the good side that's what keeps everybody having positive motivation in a very dire situation where we haven't been paid for over 100 days right um almost nobody in our audience would be able to make it uh, over 100 days without the income that they had were used to making nope and you brought up a good point everybody majority everybody that you work with they had other jobs yeah that's that was why i was surprised to hear jl covan's take because i'm like well to say like the writers are you know almost like these kind of spoiled people that just all want 22 22 episode tv shows and all this shit it's like well that doesn't even make sense most of the writers are stand-up comics yes they are you know them stand-up comics don't have no respect for themselves so think how fucked up it must be for this to be the area where the stand-up comics are like no we can't do this Mm -mm. you know like even i might do it in comedy but i ain't doing it over here like this is supposed to be the thing that helps people get on and stay on right and basically they're trying to turn it into it's not the stepping stone that it used to be and we have to be careful about accepting that because it's one way to accept that in a social situation this is a monetary situation so to say that studios can be more cutthroat and pay less and do less for people but at the same time those people who are already working hard are just 
now that it's their fault they need to work harder no the strike the 100 days of not eating that's it this is the fight this is the the sacrifice you claim you want to see people make honestly it's it's what is what a union does is why fast food places fight against unionization for their yes. folks because if they had the capability of unionizing they would do a, a hundred day strike and people would fold after the seven days of no mcdonald's fries come on and be ready to be like pay these motherfuckers whatever and it wouldn't be so bad if you weren't paying more than ever for your entertainment right if like i could understand if that was wasn't the case but you're paying more the people at the top are making more. The studios are claiming more. And then you're going, these greedy fucking writers wanting their 1% of this pie. You know, you sound spoiled and entitled. What, you want all your shows to be this? It's like, that's not even what's happening. Um, but yeah, I just, it was like, that was really the only reason I agreed to do a show today. Because I was like, I do want to talk about this shit. Because I just feel like maybe I've done a disservice of making it seem like it's all good. I don't want people worrying about me. You know, I feel like, you know, having a podcast is my main thing and my main love. And um, I, I, because that industry is so dire, I actually didn't spend most of that money except for anything, but like where I had to stay up there. Right. But I didn't, I didn't really spend that money because I was like, I don't feel like anything's guaranteed. Right. And I don't feel if you have a family or something right now and you're in, and you're in the middle of the strike, man, that shit is scary. Mm-hmm. You know, because these motherfuckers are basically trying to break us and they came out and said as much in interviews. And, and I just don't understand how people came away from even reading that shit and felt like there's a middle ground. Right. There's not a middle ground. They're, they're just not here. And, you know, like I said before, and I will continue to say this, most people only care because they're looking at it from a, I wish I was in that situation because you know what? Most jobs need unions. People would not admit that even office jobs. Most jobs need unions. Everybody actually needs to be paid more. Everybody actually needs to needs uh, rights and benefits and shit like this shit that they let slide. Particularly let's say you work in a, a quote unquote office environment you know what a union would do? Would make it where one, if you're off, me off. Which means if I'm off, don't be hitting me up on fucking teens. Don't be emailing me. Don't be calling me on my vacation. Don't be acting like I got to be on 24-7. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the shit unions would go, you can't do this. I've worked my time. Leave me the fuck alone. You will be fine and feed if you do this. Unions would stop a lot of micromanaging and shit like that. There's a purpose and a reason for a union. But... People that, quote-unquote, have certain jobs, they feel like their job is a real job, quote-unquote, and and anything outside of that is not a real job because they can't see the labor in it. They can't see the things that's involved in it. They don't know the ins and outs of it. So they just, quote-unquote, dismiss it because it's easy to dismiss something you don't understand. Yeah, and and the the idea that, that since the treatment of workers in the United States has been down for forever— and it's just getting worse. Somehow the writers shouldn't be saying anything. It's crazy to me because it's happened in this industry too. These are the motherfuckers with the words and the and the pens and the emotions that ex- express the angst of many other people. Um, but also, and just in general, every union, every industry that has union workers has had to do this in the last like ten to twenty years. It's not a coincidence. It's a feature. 
the people at the top are acting as greedier than fucking ever. Um, so the this is what I wanted to do, go through some of the things for a strike. People want higher compensation for writers across the board for WGA, okay? There are more jobs available to WGA members than ever before because of the proliferation of streaming. Mo, uh, pay for most writers is down. Ten years ago, 33% of TV writers were paid the minimum rate. Now, according to WGA, 49% are. Uh, accounting for inflation, writer pay has declined 14% in the last five years. Five years, not not since 2007, last five. Uh, that's since uh, That will be since 2018. So you know it's declined even greater since 2007, the last time they negotiated. Uh, the median writer pay is down 23% over the last decade. Uh, that's with inflation factored in. Writers say many of their members aren't making a living wage. They are also seeking increases for their pension plan and health fund. Right. Uh, better residuals uh, for, you know, blah, blah, blah. Streaming, basically everything we've been saying. Streaming, streamers aren't paying res- residuals. Even if shit is fa- hot, super popular, you're getting reruns, critical acclaim and all that stuff. They don't share the viewership data with filmmakers and writers, meaning writers don't know how valuable their work has been. To replace back-end residuals, the WGA is seeking more upfront fees. So keep in mind, they didn't just say, well, we want to apply the same ratings that we apply to cable TV and say, when someone watches my TV show a million times, I want the residuals I would get if that was a TV channel. They didn't even say that. They just said, well, we just want to change what you pay us up front since you won't even, we're not even, we're not even expecting you to admit how much or how little people watch whatever because we know y'all shady as fuck. Right. So just pay us more up front to it. Right. Staffing requirements. The union wants TV shows to staff a certain number of writers for a period of time. Uh, at the issue right now is this practice of mini rooms where only a handful of writers are working on a series. Such writers rooms are often employed during development before a show is greenlit. That means the writers can be working on a series that doesn't get picked up for as much of the much as a year after they worked on it Ooh. or not at all. Keep in mind, they be having you working like you're working as a writer. Right. Not, this is not like it's a mini room and you're going to be doing less than ever. <laughs> so mini room, you're going to be working harder than ever. And even if the show gets picked up, we don't even have to give you this. The process is circumvented some of the protections WGA members have from being overworked and understaffed. The use of many rooms accelerated during the pandemic with writers often meeting by Zoom, which is still a common practice. Here's another thing about the mini room thing. Um, so um, because of how the industry is so, you know, it's not it's it's, it's 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 like you have to constantly stay working if you're going to do this for a living right and because they minimize what how much work a thing is it is now expected that you should always be working on multiple things every fucking writer at game theory except for me was basically right working on at least pitching something trying to get that next mm-hmm. thing selling a script something because 
that they don't you don't make enough to not do that right the idea in most people's head is this spoiled entitled thing of you work hard for x amount of weeks and then you don't do shit for the rest of the year and then you get another season and then you come back and all this shit and that's not just that's just not what's happening and it's not how anyone in that industry is comfortable so this idea that people are saying um well the writers don't want to work they don't want to work hard they're working hard and they're not being compensated for it um and that's not supposed to be the gig the gig is you get paid for what you work on yeah and also it's one of the things too where a lot of times people compare writers jobs to their jobs you know with the exception of you know we're we're, we're going to erase temping and all that stuff but like your regular normal fucking job if you was to come in to your normal job like they hired you and they said look we're hiring you permanent most people are going to be like, okay, I'm prominent until you decide I don't want to be here no more or, or whatever the case may be. They go, no, we're hiring you, but we're only hiring you for 18 weeks or whatever for a certain period of time. Then after that, you just SOL. You're just going to have to basically go and get another job. Most people in office working, they would not deal with that. They're like, no, bitch, you hired me. I don't understand why I only have X amount of days, so now I'm in a panic and I have to consistently go get another job. Ten and people have to deal with this all the time, and this is why prior to, um, I want to say Reagan, prior to Ronald Reagan, if you worked a temporary agency for like six months, I think it was six months to a year, after that, the job either had to hire you permanently or let you go. After that, they ch- once he came on, they changed the rules. So now you have people that are quote-unquote permanent temp workers. That shouldn't be. Either hire me or let me go. You're wasting people's time. And, and that's the thing. People want to compare it, but it's not. It, it's very frustrating because they can only see it from they can't see it from their perspective. Like, I would have a fit if I got hired in my job. Like, hey, you know what? We only hire you to work 40 hours a week for, for 14 weeks. Then after that, I, we'll holler at you later. Yeah. Um. And so, I, yeah, I haven't even really reached out to that point. I agree with it, but I just haven't taken the time to try to make the point because I'm – I don't know that you need to live like this to understand it. You know, I, I think I can understand what it's like uh, when people explain their plight and and I haven't always experienced those things. Anyway, um, shorter exclusivity deals. Um, many of the rooms around TV writing are also still based on a now increasingly outdated model. Writers might have once expected to spend a year working on a 22 to 25 episode season. Now the average season is much shorter. Popular shows like Bridgerton might only have eight episodes. So not only does that diminish the writer's pay per episode, right? Because used to be you got a writing job, 22, 25 episodes in a season, you really could work once a year mm-hmm. on one show and right. be good. Anyway, um, but not all shows were that long anyway. Right. But not only does that diminish writers' pay per episode, it can limit them from working on other programs if they're tied to longer terms of exclusivity. So basically, what they do is the exclusivity is not written in as you know well since you're only doing six episodes you're exclusive for the time it takes to make these six episodes and then you can go do whatever some of these exclusivity deals are like years it's it's the yeah it's like you're here for four years and it's like okay but you're giving me not four years worth of money to go with my four years worth of work right because everything's shorter now so four years used to mean I have to sign this contract and be at this studio for the next four years, but that's four years of 22 episode seasons. Correct. I'm going to be straight. 
now it's four years of six to eight episode seasons. You can't be straight anymore. Mm-hmm. And you can't go work somewhere else um, because of that. Uh, and then, of course, the AI thing is the easiest one. I think that's the one that almost nobody's going to be on the side of the artificial intelligence. Um, and just the main thing I keep pointing out, the artificial intelligence isn't even good yet. Mm-mm. And the studios are already trying to, like, get the the foothold on that mm-hmm. to use against the writers that that's kind of fucking scary for us because obviously the better it gets the then it will become viable as like oh this this like right like they're doing that's trying to secure this for now when it's the least threatening that ai is like right now most of us can tell something is artificial whatever right. and if you're a just a fan a uh a customer of these companies you should feel a little fucking insulted that they just told you we're gonna give you some computer written bullshit right that, that isn't good you you can tell it got six fingers on the picture already and 12 thumbs you can tell so we're gonna just sell you that because you're so fucking stupid and keep in mind as we're saying this we're raising our prices right like, disney is shitting on their writer like their uh bob Iger is like low-key trying to shit on the quality of the disney stuff to be like we gotta get out of this whole marvel and 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 uh star wars thing that the vast majority of people that bought our streaming services on that's the only thing they watch mm-hmm. but we need to get out of this business and our quality has gotten bad and these writers want money we we're, we're doing this for you consumer by the way uh disney's going up to 22 dollars this month and it's like, wait, wait a minute. Now, how can all that be true? Right. So you think the dude that's trying to fuck your pockets isn't trying to fuck the people that works for them pockets? Is that what you think? Because that don't make sense. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I, I think that I just wanted to get that off my chest. I know that has nothing to do with nothing. Oh, no problem. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really important. I know for a lot of people, they've particularly if you've been online and, and things like that, you've been kind of seeing this uh go up and down your timeline and your Facebook feed or in Instagram and, you know, TikTok. And for a lot of people, they literally have no idea. You know, they don't know how it works. They don't understand. They have these myths. They have these theories, but they really don't know. There's a lot of moving parts and moving factors to this. And it's, it's wild how workers fuss at workers for getting paid more. Cause, cause basically workers get the angriest at the other workers i don't understand but you actually need to get paid more at your job too right you know but instead of you know going and being like hey i need to be paid more is no something's wrong with you for pointing the fact that i need to be paid more too so i don't know how to handle it so i'll get mad at you and the thing for me is like when everybody does this half a republican bullshit right they always tend to ignore that these are the same talking points and they use them individually against everybody to like like i said at the beginning it's the hey all you doing is flipping burgers hey all you doing is writing a show hey all you doing is uh teaching some kids hey all you doing is being the nurse that that in the, in the emergency room and it's like yeah individually though that doesn't make no fucking sense Mm -mm. and when it comes to the unions finding money they always find money for the cops police union budget the biggest in the fucking state every year they always find the money for the cops but this the only union that's wrong you know and the teachers union 
uh, and and the railroad union. Oh, and the USP, the UPS union, and uh, these niggas just want air conditioning. Right, and they and, they, the, the, <laughs> and, 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 and the, the truckers union and the railroad union. Right. You be like, well, bitch, you know that a lot of these unions, you know, some of them started decades ago because of the mistreatment. Like you've got to pay people, and a lot of times people underestimate the general public underestimate particularly with some of the larger unions, how much this shit impacts them. Particularly, let's say you get to the truckers union or the railroad union, most of your shit comes by truck or by train. If them motherfuckers are like, fuck y'all, nothing choo-choo in the day, ain't no 18 riddles rolling, everything would fucking stop. It would literally stop. But people just, you want your Amazon package, you want your food delivered, you want your HelloFresh, whatever it is, you just want it there. And and how it gets to you, be damned. And you don't care that people are working below minimum wage, in bad conditions, working themselves to death, not getting paid enough, not getting no insurance. Like, like it's, it's, it really does not matter. But when it comes to my job, I expect to get paid the best. All my work is value. All my work is worth something. Everything I do, I need to get paid every motherfucking dime for everything that I do. You know, I can negotiate that. I can stand up for blah, 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 blah whatever it is. Okay. But, you won't extend that to other people in other industries who are also workers. Right. I, yeah. It's, it's just, you know, and the idea that like, well, y'all didn't care about the other workers. That's not even true. That, right. that just, it's just some fucking, uh, straw man shit. <laughs> like, it's just like who made your TV show about the Amazon people. It, it was fucking writers and, and, and directors and shit and actors acting in it. Like what, how did the fuck you somehow get better than this? Right. That's crazy to me. And also it's, 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 it's kind of connected, but it's a little off topic, mm-hmm. particularly when people attack unions and shit like this and they don't want to pay. We're going to talk about the teachers union. Qualified teachers have kind of tanked because teachers are like, I am, I am not going to school, getting in debt, getting these degrees to get in here and get motherfucking screwed over. I refuse. And you know what happens? All of a sudden the, the standards started lowering. The standards started lowering because people go, well, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck a teacher, fuck them. Because you people go, well, I don't feel like that. You do. The lawmakers pass laws and shit like that against a lot of this shit. And so it becomes, and every time something gets cut, what is it? It's music education. It's, you know, sports education. It's education. A lot of times get a lot of these big chops across the board and a lot of your state and local budgets. And so the quality gets lower and what's going to happen in some of these other industries, the quality is going to get lower, which means you're going, you're not going to have people who I got a degree in this. I went to school in this and people talk about, they don't want to make this connection. All of a sudden, you know, you have to deal with not that this hadn't been in there, but it's been an uptick in children getting abused and all this stuff because you have people in there that are not qualified for the job. Right. I, yeah, I agree actually. Um, but yeah, that's, that's like, I don't know. That's my spiel for tonight, really, on it. Uh, I'm, I'll, we'll move on to something more fun in no a problem. second. I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah, it's just, I think, between listening to that sh- that podcast, uh, still very funny podcast, and mm-hmm. JLB the guest tomorrow, and then listening to Bill Maher's smug-ass comments, and it's just like, what aren't people getting about this? Or is it just we're in a society where contrarian is just, we need to all be some level of, like, contrarian to everything? Because... 
it's times where I see shit and I'm like, there's not two points of view on this one. <laughs> you know, there's not a middle ground on this one. And I, you know, like for Bill Maher to be like, you either with the union or you with Trump. It's like, where's that even coming from? Like Trump's not even involved in this number one. So like, this isn't a Trump Republican situation. Right. It's just like, this is like, this one is a, what is your reason? What is your reason for being on the side of, Corporations continue to get all the money. Writers continue to get to get less money than it was even a few years ago. I just don't. What is your thing there? What are right. you? What What are you winning out of that? What is it? What is the What is the validation that's happening? And I don't feel the logic, logicing when when motherfuckers start talking like that. I'm just like, well, hold on. When are you gonna get to your specific thing? Well, you act like what you do for a living should be make something you can make a living doing. Like, yeah, that's kind of what everybody would like. And we have a union and ability to try to negotiate that. That's going to, I'm surprised, shocked to, to tell you, that's going to always be the goal of every single union for every job ever is to help the people who do it, the vast majority of them, make a living doing it. To, to act like that's some type of weird-ass like thing that that nobody else wants or is trying to get is crazy right um and and like i said maybe it's just me you know but a lot of times in situations like this i will be pro uh worker you know yeah you said i know i, I think most people would but know? the way a lot of them talk it's like are you really dope? yeah you know you that's, really fair. that's fair that's fair not not most people you're right most people probably would not be pro worker they they I think most people like to think they would be, Correct. but they won't. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they won't. If you know, the thing that always made me think about, um, like my thing was like, like people that try to do the high minded, you know, I, I hate Amazon shit. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, we got to pay the people more. Yep. Absolutely. And my shit still need to get here in four hours uh now make it a humane conditions of four hours and so like there's funny things and hypocrisies everywhere but oh, yeah. I, I just We're find i just find this idea that you know these writers are these insufferable spoiled people it's just it's so disconnected from reality Correct. and if there's been an issue with messaging to me and like i said this is just my how i feel about it if there's been an issue with messaging that's been the issue for me is I think too many people have tried to make this cute and make it entertainment for, because we know we're clowns. We know if people like you and they're laughing, they'll be on your side. Like, yeah, pay the cute writers. But at the end of the day, it's not cute. And a lot of what we have to convey is while y'all are looking, because we're all the social media people, we're all the Twitter people, we're all the fucking, you know, you know, the charismatic, funny, I want to see them, all the actors, all the people you want to fuck. Like, while that's been happening and people have felt entertained, I've had this feeling of like, yeah, but it's actually serious. Yes, it is. So, maybe not as funny as people laugh. Maybe the goal is not to see us marching in the heat and laughing about it because at the end of the day it's pretty fucking miserable and these these studios are saying things like we want to break you yes we we want these people to not have money we know that we don't we know we're paying them so little we don't expect them to be able to last this long without the money they'll just have to agree to our unfair deals like artificial intelligence taking their jobs and then paying them much much less to go and do 40 hours a week work of fixing the artificial intelligence work. 
that that's the kind of shit that's happening and i'll be goddamn if i'm gonna sit up here and not put my voice on it because like i said i've been really letting it slide like right everyone should know and it's been a hundred days and it's not fun and, and you don't see me on here joking about it and Mm-mm. having cute signs and bringing all my writer buddies on so we can it's actually kind of fucked up and uh fuck people that don't understand that shit right. fuck bill maher for that shit and and, and like i said it, it does not make sense and like i said as somebody who you know looking from it from your perspective and even before that i have i've never been a part of a union or anything like that but it's one of those things but i've always been pro-union i've had family members that are pro-union i've had family members that have been on boards of unions that had to negotiate shit you know and stuff like that for decades so you know unions are you know uh, a, a part of my life so i understand the importance of unions and for a lot of people the reason why you make what you make even in office buildings the reason why you work five days a week is because of a union not to mention a lot of the reason you see the 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 diversity push in hollywood is because of union shit correct Cause they have diversity standards. Cause if not, the studios would just be like number white folks, you know, because they're paying, they're passing rules too. Like, it's just like unions also in America are very synonymous with like, um, a lot of times how black people get paid union and government jobs. Yes. Like, like when you have like a union for the trash collector type people, it not, it may not start out that way, but eventually it ends up representing, well, now this is what black and brown people have to do to make a living wage. So already it's whack like that. Not not saying that's what Bill Maher or JL was saying. Mm-hmm. But my point being, like, it's a lot of rhetoric out there going unchallenged or just, you know, like I said, maybe people are tired and they want to make, like, a hot comment. But it's just, like, it's not a game. And, I, like I said, I, I, I just wanted to use the platform we have to reiterate the people. I really didn't. I, I get tired of seeing how many writers make a thread every day, how many actors make a thread every day. Because I'm like... I don't feel like it's a messaging issue. At least that's how I felt until today. I said, no, people understand clearly what's happening. We don't even really need to keep explaining it every day. But, you know, every day someone come on and be like, I make this much money, and I know y'all think I'm this, this, and this, but this is how my money has been affected by this, and this is what my residuals look like. And I would be like, man, do people really need to know that? That seems like it's not that big. No, they need to know. They need need to to know. know. Yeah, like like with uh, almost a Billy Porter was yeah. had came out and people but, but but that's the thing you you're going from job to job to job to job and the thing is if you're bouncing around like that you have to consistently have the next gig and people on the outside do not understand how that functions and it's designed like that purposefully right. too like yeah I, i'll just leave it at that but it's like if you there's a reason people are hesitant to put their eggs in the basket of these jobs, including me. That's And it ain't about because you got to bet on yourself and it's a meritocracy. I'm fucking really fucking good. You know, maybe I could make a go of it and really, if I wanted to, it's kind of the same reason I don't want to do stand-up. That, that gig is so fucking finicky and not really based on anything of substance. And just the wrong motherfucker could just decide they fucking you over and you're fucked. You know, that was another thing. Almost every writer in that room had some fucking heartbreak story Mm -hmm. of how they got their work fucked out of them. And people said people don't know that shit. So they think it's all good. 
you know so i like i said it's it's a wild thing but let me move on um Mm -hmm. let's do some uh let's do a little bit of fucking with black people okay that'll cheer us up (laughs) i think that's what we need We're just fucking with them people because they black. We're just fucking with them people because they black. We're just fucking with them black people. We're just fucking with them blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. Hey, yeah. I said, can you leave me alone? All I wanna do is go home. I said, leave me alone. I wanna live another day alone. I said, can you leave me alone? I wanna go home like do I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, black people are fucking lazy. Texas company displayed hate symbols and nooses, allowed managers to call black employees the N-word, alarming EEOC lawsuit claims. EEOC had to get involved, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas's old job. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you believe it? TNT crane and rigging. That sounds like a net. That sounds like a racist name. TNT, TNT crane and rigging. Are they dynamite? Yeah, I know. Yeah, TNT like dynamite, crane. Okay. Rigging got two G's in it. I don't know. It's a, feel racist to me somehow. Um, is the list a list is listed as defendant in a lawsuit filed August twenty fourth. Uh, it alleges that company uh, fostered and subjected employees identified as Edwin Creighton, Lorenzo Smith, Freddie Campbell, and Jason Pradia to a hostile work environment. According to the lawsuit, employees had to grapple with their field manager as well as a number of colleagues using racially offensive language, including the N-word on the job. Also, hate symbols associated with white supremacy like noose and the lightning bolt stickers were openly displayed on the grounds with no disciplinary action. In one August 2018 incident, Smith, who served, I'm always, I shouldn't be, but I'm always amazed by when the incidents happen and then when we're hearing about the lawsuit. This happened in 2018. It's 2023. Uh, in the April 18th, 2018 incident, Smith, who served as a crane operator, was ordered by the field manager to pick up an air conditioning unit at Fort Worth facility while working in Frisco, Texas. He was met with racial slurs when he asked the manager for help. Nigger, if you're going to bitch about it, you can turn that truck around and take your ass home, the manager allegedly said. Well, I'll tell you what. Niggas never really followed by a nice thing. <laughs> you know? 
It seems like when it comes with a comma after it, it's just going to get downhill. It's going to be a mean thing. Uh, when Smith a, a, attempted to report him, it stated in a lawsuit he didn't receive an effective response from his management. Creighton also allegedly uh, had a similar experience while working as a crane operator at the facility. The complaint also says he was called the N-word by a field manager. It also alleges that Campbell, a truck driver, overheard his colleagues using the derogatory term. He later discovered that he also was being referred to as the white co-worker's black daddy when he tried to put in a report management he reportedly was told to management. He reportedly was told said it would be, it would be handled. However, it was not addressed. Pradia started working as a rigger. That's why it sounds racist to me. Uh, <laughs> crane and rig, these riggers. That's what that that's gonna be their excuse in court. They're gonna be like, no, we were saying riggers. I don't know what these black guys are talking about. You know, we work with riggers. Yeah, these riggers are crazy, uh, Your Honor. I'm just, Listen, I wouldn't give these riggers a goddamn thing. <laughs> riggers what? Riggers what? I mean, he's saying we referred to him as the N-word, but all I can say to that is rigor, please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the coworkers, they were dating him. I, I mean, she was a rigor lover, but we loved her even. Just the same. We didn't have no problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, he later discovered he was running to die. Um, yeah, it, okay, yeah. So he started working as a rigger. Pradia started working as a rigger to come in 2019. He claimed that one interaction, a white colleague, in one interaction, a white colleague told him, A lot of black people are effing lazy. You're different. You're not like the other niggers. You work though. And that's what I like about you. Did he follow that with boy? Was there a boy in front of it and a boy at the end of it? Why do you think that was a compliment? Maybe that's a compliment sandwich. You start with black people are lazy, call them the N-word, and that's, you know, that's a compliment sandwich. Maybe it's a performance review. <laughs> the complaint mentions Nathan Cook, a white employee who was targeted after reporting the harassment and discrimination he witnessed in the work environment. According to the lawsuit, Cook alleged that he was physically assaulted and labeled a wigger and a snitch by his peers. Following his complaints, his hours and pay were reduced. The alleged retaliation, along with other factors, led him to resign from his position. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? Those are things that somebody can go back and check computer and paperwork and see, you know, like all that shit, this time and date stamp. Like you can't hide and erase that shit. Yeah. The complaint mentions Nathan Cook, a white... Oh, yeah, I said TNT knowingly permitted a work environment, blah, blah, blah. ELC said they know what they did. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Zero to 100, Karen. This is a Jakaris, and this is a prime example of why you need unions. Mm. Because they would have had a standard and be like, you call me a nigga, we're going to have some problems and repercussions. You fired. Right, you're going to lose your job when you report it. We mm-hmm. have policies and rules and procedures to step in to and checks and balances. People are held accountable. Mm-hmm. It basically it took them doing this for the federal government. And, you know, they don't take anything. They looked up like, oh, oh, you know, they was like, oh, let us step in. Um, I give it a Dracars as well, because this is the highest level of racism possible I, I call this spike lee level racism okay this is spike lee movie type of racism like that racism where you like like when you be watching a spike lee movie and you'd be like i don't even think this kind of racism happens 
Like I know, you were like did y'all make this racism up? I know white people are bad, Spike, but this is goddamn. You know, <laughs> this they don't just openly say it like this, Spike. <laughs> this is that level. Like if this was in a Spike Lee movie as a plot, I'd be like, okay, it couldn't have been that bad. Well, they're barefooted too. Right. With no shirt. The fuck. Like, all right. Did he pull out a whip on him, Spike? Come on, I man. Mean, where's the cotton field? But that's how bad this racism is. It's 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 Spike Lee level. Um, if your skin isn't brown, you need my permission to speak. Black woman declares white people shouldn't speak to her without permission. A viral video sparked controversy showing a black woman demanding permission from white people to comment on her public page or to speak to her. The TikTok video sparked interest as it shows a woman saying, if you aren't black, if your skin is brown, if you are not melanated, then you do not have a right to come under my videos talking back to my people. The video continued, the woman saying, your opinions are not wanted, nor are they relevant. All right. Um zero to 100 karen I, they don't even have a link to the TikTok. i'm about to say i want to see it yeah what the fuck all right let me see if i can find the link right because that 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 will make a difference in the answer uh yeah white people can't speak i don't even know if this is gonna come up <laughs> like what fucking news are could come up from tiktok black woman white people can't speak i, I don't know google <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know if it's Ooh. gonna work out for me this might be a hit or miss y'all we all we we, we all gonna experience this live <laughs> Fuck it, we're doing it live i shouldn't have took those edibles oh no oh, i need no. my brain to be working <laughs> Thought I was just gonna be able to <laughs> calm down and, and not cuss out Gail Covan. <laughs> uh, if your skin isn't brown, you need my permission. Okay, maybe if I put that in, okay. right? And then we search the Googles for this. That sounds more like it. It's out there somewhere. TikToker the Black Messiah sparks debate. Okay, first of all, her name is the Black Messiah. Isn't that a movie? Oh no! Right? Isn't the Black Messiah Jesus, Judas and the Black Messiah? Right? Anyway, uh, interesting. I think so. But pretty much, I'm already out. Any of the professionally Black Twitter accounts, I'm already like, mm. Mm. I, I've I've it's seen too a much. Five percent thing. What's happening here? Not that's not even the part I'm talking about. I've seen too much scamming from the yeah. from the I'm professionally Black crew to to, to fall for it. Oh, uh, is it, it deleted? It looks like it was deleted. Well, I'll be damned, guys. That was, um, she must have took it down. Uh, you know who would have had it? My fucking uh, uh, one of the messy sites. Uh, I'm about <laughs> to say that shit's still up there so well. One of the messy sites would have, <laughs> they would have screen screen capped it. <laughs> they would have recorded it. <laughs> screen capped. It's out there so well trust it nothing disappears from the internet okay i think i may have found it okay let me see if i can share it with y'all oh my goodness yeah i knew i had to go to a messy site this is uh knowyourmeme.com never heard of it in my life yeah 
I'm glad. I, I, I guess I still know why. Skin is not brown. If you are not melanated, then you do not have the right to come under my videos talking back to my people. Your opinions are not wanted, nor are they relevant. So why do you feel like you need to come and keep saying something to my people? You need to ask me my permission before you speak or comment on my videos. You come under my video and say, Lord, may I please have your permission permission to say something then you wait for me to give you my permission before you start tapping moving your little pasty fingers around on my page oh, no. you people have been talking way too much for way too long and your time is officially up it is black power forever oh no well now i'm on her side hold on hold on <laughs> <laughs> what sparked that comment? Like, what happened prior to that? I need to hear both sides. Right. Like, the, the, I need to know what the white people say. They might have earned this. I don't that, know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what happened for her to make that comment? Like, that's what I need to know. Because that, that would dictate a whole lot. She too mad for me to just dismiss her as, like, nothing happened. Like, she's either, like, a, a hell of a grifter, having some mental health issues, or... A white person said something that deserved okay. that shit. And she was like, oh, you want to jump? Okay. <laughs> so I don't know no more. I don't know what to I'm get this for. I'm going to get this a, 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 a 25. A question mark. I'm a, yeah, I need more information, dog. I have a, my score is a question mark. She I didn't know what happened prior to this. She might have been spitting facts. I don't know. I don't know. So mine is a question mark. I can't give you an answer unless if, I know what happened prior to If y'all ain't to. never ran across an audacious white person, they'll bring it out in you. <laughs> You'll be... <laughs> Hey, that's it. All the white people privileges revoked. Now, how's she gonna make that work on TikTok? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She gonna have to go they into every. Over there. She had to go into every individual <laughs> comment because I don't think you can put a racial block, a racial. You can't put like a racial boundary on your like blacks only. <laughs> that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So I don't know how she gonna make every mm -mm. comment, mm -mm. every every <laughs> every uh, what do they call those things? Stitch video. I don't oh, know how no. she gonna handle all that. Whew, my goodness, that was amazing. <laughs> okay. Uh, that felt like uh, the woman, Dr. Umar. That's another thing. She could have woman, Dr. Umar points of view on politics. I have no idea. Nope, that's why I didn't know what happened prior she, to right. it. She also got was giving me that vibe of somebody that could that could be like, and, and another thing, uh, you don't need no uh, birth control if you just drink juices and berries. Oh, okay. No! A lot of y'all out here get using... Get your alkaline levels right, ma'am. You ma shouldn't even get a period if you're eating right. I'd be like, well, that makes sense, too, that you would be that person. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. One more. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's go guest the race. Let's go okay, guest okay. the race. So we're going to guest the race? Yeah, let's do guest the race instead. This time we're guest the race. This time we're guest the race. All right, time to guess the race. You know the game. Go around the globe, find different articles. Karen guesses the race. So does the chat room. They're racist. A woman was arrested for stabbing her grandfather in the face after he told her to take a shower. Oh, it ain't that serious, baby. <laughs> just, 
Ooh, all he wants you to do is get the funk off your ass. You be like, fuck you in this funk. Now I got to kill you. You know, look what you made me do. Uh, police say that 22-year-old Louisiana woman was arrested for allegedly stabbing her grandfather in the face during a dispute over her hygiene. Uh, Carrington Harris from Keithville was taken into custody <clears throat> following the incident prompted by her grandfather's request for her to shower on Wednesday. Now, I do wonder, how was the grandfather telling her to shower? Like, was it like a prolonged roast of take a shower? <laughs> was it just like a one comment? Roasting her for days. <laughs> you know. Uh, What's the, that smell? I think it's you. Wash your ass. The Caddo <laughs> Parish. That's how that went. The Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office said detectives said Harris and her grandparents began arguing after they asked her to shower. She began damaging property inside the house, then turned the power off from outside. Oh, that's some serial killer shit. Detectives say while the couple was trying to restrain Harris, she escaped to retrieve a knife from the kitchen using it to stab her grandfather. Afterward, Harris fled the residence and hid in the nearby woods, only to be discovered hours later by law enforcement who found her hiding behind a neighboring house. Yeah, this was not a well-thought-out plan either. They were on her last nerves, or she's got some other issues going on. I think it might be some other issues. According mm-hmm. to reports, Harris taken in custody accused of committing both a case of domestic battery abuse and one kind of domestic battery abuse with a dangerous weapon. She's currently being held in Cato Correctional Center, where they probably make you take showers. Uh, no bond has been set. Uh, grandfather's taken to the hospital. There's no update on his condition. Guess the race of Carrington Harris Care. I'm going white, and I guess her grandparents what what another age? Because you know you hit a certain age, they hit you with that elderly abuse. Mm, okay. So, or they might not have that law there. That's true too. I don't know, and I don't blame them. Don't be beating up old people. Yeah, let's check the chat room and see what they believe our race is. Uh, I think we got, must have a little bit of a delay. We do. It's a little slow sometimes. White says Mary. Going along with Karen. <clears throat> Prestigious, ridiculous last name. Carrington, really? As a first name, I'm going to go black. Black, wet dog, woodland white woman. Smelling like ass outside one of them free-range white women. I hate you, Grandpa White. Ah! Uh, <laughs> the correct answer is Karen went with white. Mm-hmm. And you wrong. Some of you said black, you got it right. Niggas out here stabbing their grandpas. Looks like uh, black people going to have to give up that whole joke about white people not washing their legs for a while because she was willing to stab her grandpa over the over oh, not washing no. her legs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just picture him being an old black man that just kept bringing it up. You know he did. Old black people, they get tired of you. They will roast the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. That's how. That's how I think it really went down. Um, All right, let's go to the next one. A New York City driver in a good vibes T-shirt charged with armed murder for seven-person hit and run in Midtown. Well, damn, you had the wrong shirt for that situation. The woman told the unbalanced woman told. Oh, how can I finish this article? going on oh the unbalanced woman told cops she paid to god while plowing into seven pedestrians what is paid to god 
probably prayed. She probably drank. Oh, prayed. Oh, she must have meant prayed. That's mm. a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that don't even make sense. Paid to God. Guaranteed that person was drunk under the influence of something. Oh, okay, yeah. Prayed to God. Yep. Imani Lucas, 29, was also who's also faced charges of assault, reckless endangerment, and leaving the scene of an accident. <gasps> she wore a gray bla- t-shirt emblazoned with the words, good vibes. <laughs> No vibes was good about that situation. Vibes only. She's like, God, the vibes was good in the car. Uh, she faces one kind of attempted murder for each of the seven people she struck. <clears throat> so, oh, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at age 12. Was likely off her medication at the time of the incident. Oh, no. So, mm, that's sad. Although, I guess I was never going to have a good reason someone ran into seven people. So, I, I, I guess... This is always going to be sad. I have reason to believe she's not aware what the charges are or why she's here, said her defense attorney. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. All right, Karen, guess the race of good vibes. White. What Karen's was her name? White. Her name is Imani Lucas. Imani mm-hmm. Lucas. Black. Okay, Karen's going black. So not one of the white Imanis. All right, got it. Uh, black, says Trey. Uh, in the chat room uh <clears throat> and that's it for now uh brown and down bad says tps that's a black name yes yeah, i guess imani kind of gave away a lot she's black She's wearing that shirt and three cops on her. Oh coming no. Out the precinct. And she yeah, she definitely looks despondent. Um ugh, I, I like I like I feel like the only time people run into people in public in their cars like more than one, it's either old person shouldn't be driving, racist person that's some kind of terrorist situation. Shouldn't be driving. Yeah, which, you know, basically, racist person and terrorist, same way. That's the same thing. And then, uh, or a person that is has mental health issues. I feel like all the articles are like that. All right, last one. Let's move into the, now that I've sufficiently given us a downer, let's move into the next <laughs> round. Man is arrested months after finding a bag full of $5,000 in cash in a parking lot. Robert Withington, 56 of Trumbull, contends he didn't steal the money and he didn't notice anything inside the bag indicating who the owner was. He felt like he won the lottery when he discovered the bag with $5,000 of cash laying in a parking lot, so he decided to keep it. Child! Child, I be telling people, that much money... It's some drugs, some kingpin, some gangster, a setup. You better, you better return that shit in. They're going to come after you. Withington says it felt like he won the lottery. Da, da, da. Three months later, he's charged with larceny. And it turns out the bag with Trumbull police said was clearly marked with the bank's insignia and found outside the same bank. I mean, it's not a hard mystery to solve, but contained the cash from the town's tax department. And there were also numerous documents inside identifying the rightful owner of the cash as a town of Trumbull. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. You're going to jail. 
Some some somebody out there rushing and dropped it and went paying no attention and you was like, I got that was like, no, the bitch, the hell you do. Yes. Can you check the door? I think DoorDash just got delivered. I'm sorry, everybody. But uh I need to eat munchies. Um <laughs> uh but um uh and then disarm the alarm. So the alarm don't go off. That that'll work. Uh anyway, um it is funny though when you find a bag that has the bank envelope or the bank stamp on it. A lot of bags had a bank stamp on it, but it's not the bank's money. Like, you know, that's more of a branding issue than an actual fucking, like, oh, you should have known that, like, you did know the money didn't belong to you, duh. But you should have known who it did belong to. It's like, oh, not necessarily. Maybe somebody stole it first. Um, uh, it's not like this was planned out. Everything was right in the moment, and it felt like I hit the lottery. That was it. Uh, the money went missing May 30th. Police said an employee in the Trumbull Tax Collector's office couldn't find a bag after arriving at the bank to make a deposit during regular business hours. Mm-hmm. Over the next several months, detectives obtained search warrants, reviewed multiple surveillance videos from local businesses, and conducted numerous interviews before learning the bag had been inadvertently dropped on the ground outside the bank. First of all, Y'all probably did more police work than $5,000. Y'all could have let this one go. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> I would assume if I was in a bank parking lot, I was under surveillance of some kind. So I'm surprised that uh, maybe he was just down that bad. He was just hoping against hope. But yeah. I would not I would have expected if I find $5,000 in cash in the bank parking lot, I would honestly think it was a trap because I'm like, I know they got me on tape. Yes, I would immediately take it to the bank, take take it to police station, call nine one one on the spot. Like somebody would have. And my thing is, it had the name on the bag. The bag might as well had the two big ass dollar signs on it. <laughs> like it right. don't make sense. Right. Like it had the name on the bank. It had the paperwork identification. Probably told you who dropped the money, and you like, this is my money. No bitch, you going to jail. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I walked out to, yeah, uh, he says, um, I walked out to the parking lot, saw something on the ground. It's not, like that, uh, um, it's not like I stole something. If I knew I was wrong in the first place, I would have given it right back. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. When police eventually interviewed Withington, they said he acknowledged being at the bank that day and taking the bag. He told them that he believed he had no obligation to return the bag to his rightful owner. <gasps> Withington, who runs a dog training business, told Hearst he never had a criminal record and his customers can vouch for his integrity. He was charged with third-degree larceny, a felony punishable by up to five years of prison, up to $5,000 in fine. He was released on a promise to appear in court September 5th. Anybody who knows me knows I'm all about, all, all I'm about is generosity. After living in this town for 20 years, I'm not looking for trouble. Child, that you'd have been better off giving that money back because the fines and the fees and shit is more than what you found. Boo. Mm, All right, Karen. What was his name? His name is uh, Robert Withington. Robert White. Karen's going white. Check the chat room. By the way, this is for the record. I know y'all think we paranoid. We've done multiple polls about this, but when I be like. If I just seen like a bag of drugs or a drug or money, just random cash, when I tell y'all I absolutely would be scared to pick it up, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, it just ain't no money come with no story. 
Not like that. (laughs) Somebody is looking for this. No, thank you. Finder keepers, black. Look both ways. Pick that shit up slowly. I hope don't nobody know this nigga move. White free dog walker. Not going to block his blessing. White discovery. White. Bobby, where you get that money from? Them scrimps and sea bass. Black, hard living black. Finders keepers doesn't count after elementary school. White. Of white withingtons. Training pit bulls. Black. (laughs) <laughs> don't know how you deduce that but karen said white and she was wrong <laughs> if you said black you got to correct I'll go down for that one because the name didn't say didn't didn't say what what they call him a rigger <laughs> and um <laughs> the biggest clue was that he going to jail for picking up some money three months later. <laughs> I said that's a black crime I ever heard one. Didn't even know he broke the law and they he was like, oh, you broke the law, dog company, right? Oh my goodness, <laughs> training dogs. Someone said pitbulls. That's hilarious. The correct answer. I mean, let's move to the next segment. Sword ratchetness. Oh, man. was detained <clears throat> at Los Angeles Convention Center with a sword. Oh. Yeah. What kind of convention do you think it was? Highlander Convention? Apparently. <laughs> oh, wait. Are they even, is this a news article? This just looks like footage. Oh. Well, that's just ambient footage of the news. What are they doing? A, they doing AMS, ASMR now at the news? <laughs> Apparently so. You need some music to fall asleep, Bodges? Here's the news. Um, a man seen with a sword late Wednesday night in downtown Los Angeles was detained by police and subsequently released without, with a citation. Los Angeles Police Department Central Division units responded around 10.47 p.m. Um, after receiving reports from an on-site security that was a man swinging a sword on the property. When units arrived on the scene, they were directed by security to a stairwell where the suspect was last seen. Suspect was contacted by officers taken in custody without further incident. So, all right, child, that's it. Uh, Karen, you were right. You know, I'm glad we did the show. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we did too. Even though it's Labor Day and I got a writing thing to do, I'm glad we did it. I am. Thank you for doing it with me. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Shout out to unions and people that are part of unions. All right, y'all. Till next time. I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah.